0: This week, I'm going to be doing five to ten minute sermon recaps of my series that I've been preaching through the Book of Mark. I've entitled this podcast series to the point because I'm trying to boil down the sermons that I've already been able to preach to just their most basic structure. My hope in doing this is that through these short summaries, you'll be able to get a better understanding of the Book of Mark and, more importantly, a better understanding of Jesus. My first sermon in the series, of course, started right in Mark chapter 1. Mark 1 verse 1, it just says this, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And the big idea is that Jesus is the Messiah, but he is not always the Messiah that we would expect or that we would want, but he is the Messiah that we need. He is the Messiah that we need. Now Mark leads his book like this because he wants us to know that Jesus is in fact the Messiah. And when he uses that word Messiah, what he's talking about is he is that promised king who rules over uh, Israel. He is the promised king over the line of Israel. And there was a deep expectation for who this Messiah was going to be. The expectation that we saw during that time and that Jesus encountered as he, you know, as he taught, as he did miracles, as he did his ministry, is that the Messiah was going to be a, a ruler who brought political freedom from the Romans, who defeated his enemies, maybe on the battlefield, maybe in some kind of militaristic way and then also this messiah was a way you would you would use this messiah as a way to get a reward once the messiah came then the people would receive their reward but um, we learn in mark like for instance in mark chapter 8 verses 31 through 33 peter has just made the confession right this is a climax of the book Jesus says, who do people say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah. And, and he's absolutely right. He gets it. But then Jesus goes on to say, and I'm going to have to suffer and die. And Peter says, may it never be. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. And the problem is, is that Peter had fundamentally misunderstood who the Messiah was going to be. In fact, the idea of the Messiah was misunderstood by Jesus' own disciples, by his enemies, and by the crowds. And because they misunderstood his role as the Messiah, they failed to recognize him, they failed to accept him as he was, and they they missed out on what he was doing. He was not the Messiah that they wanted. Who was he as the Messiah? He is, in fact, the king, but he is the Messiah and. In, in the flavor of Isaiah chapter 53, he is the suffering servant. Jesus comes and he doesn't have this big military victory like is expected. Instead, he suffers and he dies on the cross. He is the, he is the king who is also the suffering servant. He did not come to bring mere political freedom, but to bring a spiritual freedom freedom from the power of sin. and He, he doesn't come in order to, uh, he's not coming def- destroying his enemies here in the Gospels. He is coming and he is dying for his enemies. And he is not a means to a reward. He is the reward in his own self. I just kind of want to illustrate why it's important that we know Jesus not only for who we want him to be, but for who he is. I think that when people first fall in love, often they have this, they are, they're are—they're in love with being in love, with that feeling of being in love, and they are in love with an idealized picture of the person who they love. But they don't necessarily love, at least in this initial stage, the person. They love their idea of the person. And as people grow older together, sometimes people, they, they recognize that the, the idealized version of the person is not who the person really is that they love, and that causes conflict and disorder. But sometimes it actually leads to a greater degree of love. And we show respect to the individual whom we love by, by not just being in love with an idealized version of the person, but loving the person themselves. See, Jesus will find out we have all these idealized visions of who we want Jesus to be. Our, our therapist who makes us feel good, our miracle worker who gives us things we want, our political leader who agrees with all of our political positions, and, and inevitably our idealized picture, our vision of who we want Jesus to be, is not ultimately who he is. He is he's bigger than the box that we can put around him. And in reality, he's, it's, he's better than just being what we want him to be, if, what, if he was just what we wanted him to be, our God is only as big as ourselves. Instead, he is not just who we want him to be, he is who we need him to be, and that is the one who forgives our sins, that is the one who can make us new. We have these you know short-term goals that we want, and Jesus comes and he solves our bigger, more fundamental problems. So what's the application? The application is this, we need an openness of our mind and our heart that allows us to look beyond our preconceptions of who Jesus is and and finds and learns who Jesus is, not just who we want him to be, but who we need him to be. And we need that both as we approach Scripture and as we approach him in daily life. Let me close in prayer. God, we acknowledge that we have an idealized version of who we want you to be, Jesus, but that is not always who you reveal yourself to be. And so we need your grace to accept not only who we want you to be, but who you actually are in yourself. And in doing that, we will fall more deeply in love with the real you and not with just a version that we have formed in our heads. Give us an openness of heart as we approach this Scripture, as we see you deal with us in real life. In Jesus' name, amen.